I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver, and it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said, and listen to me. What you really wanna do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in. Episode 90 of the Dynasty Debates is coming at you hot off the press. I am your humble host as always, Evan Brown, the humblest host in the biz. You can catch me on Twitter at FFEvanLution. You can follow the show at Dynasty Debates or you can drop me an email, DynastyDebates at gmail.com. Many ways to get in touch and let me know what you're loving, what you're hating and what you want more of on the show. Guys, hope you have been enjoying this divisional breakdown. We are doing the NFC North this week with special guest Colm Kelly, the Donegal darling of Dynasty over at Overtime Ireland on Twitter. Give him a follow if you don't already. Does a lot of great work over at Rotoviz. Check out his podcast as well, Rotoviz Overtime. Guys, we've already covered Green Bay and Minnesota. If you haven't listened to either of those or maybe you just want a refresher, go back, listen to them. They're up there. Check them out. Today, we are covering the Chicago Bears. So, buckle in and get ready for some Fields propaganda. The main event. Fight! We are back again. We are still talking NFC North. It is still me, the hardcore lifelong Vikings fan, and Colin Kelly, the fair weather bandwagon Packers fan, coming to you from the north of Ireland, bringing you the goods that you need to win your dynasty championships. Colm, how are you? Still hanging in there? Doing good. Looking forward to to diving into these. We there was some hot takes, I guess we'll say, on the last one, but I think there could be some hotter ones today we'll see her they might not actually be hot they may be disgusting but we'll, we'll see how, how the listeners <laughs> some lukewarm takes that can give you take poisoning yeah. um but yeah no actually on that message a little uh, call back to the last episode i forgot to get your hot take what's your what's your bull prediction for the vikings for 2022 or do you have one we're going to hold the bold take to after we get to the Detroit Lions today. We're going to pair them two bold takes together. How dare you? I'm going to say my bold take for the Vikings is that Justin Jefferson finishes as the number one overall wide receiver in fantasy football. I don't even know if that's that bold really, but I, but I feel like, you know, I do think that could definitely be in the realm of possibilities easily this year. And um, that and the fact that KJ, Born, KJ Osborne, I, I'm going to say, I'm going to say he's a top 30 uh, top 36 top 30 i'll say top 30 because 36 isn't that bold he was 42 last year so i'm gonna say he's top 30 wide receiver and he's an every week starter for you in your flex there you go bold prediction nail it on at me later here we go chicago bears we are talking about the 6 and 11 chicago bears third in the division thankfully got rid of in my opinion one of the key reasons that they were 6 and 11 which is the head coach matt Nagy and general manager ryan pace now they did sort of follow the Vikings sort of status quo um, MMO to hire in some first timers. So they've gone in, brought in first time head coach Matt Eberflus from Indianapolis and first time GM Ryan Poles. 
They've also brought in Luke Getze as the offensive coordinator. Now, they did lose Allen Robinson to the Rams in free agency. Wasn't that big a loss for them, really, if you look at how he played last year and kind of what he actually did for the team. But in theory, he is a really good player still. So that is a loss. They didn't bring in any major signings on the offensive side. And as far as the draft, they really only drafted Vilas Jones Jr., who the running joke is that he's like a 25-year-old rookie. So everyone's saying in Dynasty that he's already dead and buried. It's basically him and Adam Thielen. Um, nobody wants on their <laughs> rosters. And the Tristan Ebner brought in as well as a running back later on. So there has been some change, maybe not as much positive change in the personnel side of it as we wanted, but certainly change in the coaching and um, front office side. What are your overall thoughts, feelings, vibes going into the season for the Chicago Bears? A lot of similarities to what I mentioned with the Vikings. It was definitely the right time to make this move. They had to make it. I was a little bit afraid they may not have made it based on, you know, they had just drafted Justin Fields and sometimes, you know, organizations will try and give the head coach and the GM a little bit more time with that. But really the right thing to do. You mentioned Luke Getze as well. And we didn't really touch on this with the Packers, but he was the Packers uh, quarterback coach. Now he is the OC with the Bears. But, you know, somebody like that leaving the Packers and you touched a little bit on it with Aaron Rodgers, like it's not really going to affect a veteran quarterback like that. You know, he's going to run the show. But when you have Luke Getze coming into a second year player like Justin Fields, I think that's a massive, massive thing to, to help here and obviously they'll have their own quarterback coach as well as the OC but you know somebody who's worked closely with Aaron Rodgers and Justin Fields is a different style of quarterback but there's a lot of stuff you can say you know try this do this and help help build him as well so we'll talk more about Fields in a moment but I think a lot of things you know from an organizational standpoint went in the right direction their off the field moves this offseason kind of do leave quite a bit to be desired they had to let Robinson go he didn't want to be there anymore he completely cashed out you mentioned like he's somebody I'm I find it very hard to be like oh yeah he's going to be 100% all in this year after just not turning up last year so not getting really involved with him and he was one of my favorite players prior to last season in terms of like you know one of those veteran wide receivers who had continuously been able to produce without having a good quarterback but uh, didn't do anything last year so um yeah the roster isn't the strongest no 100 percent. I, I agree with pretty much everything you've said there a couple of stats a couple of ideas some things that i'm thinking personally um you know if we look at sort of one of the things i do is just look at their pace of play and stuff in general when i'm looking at teams and thinking what do i project forward what am i thinking i'm going to see from this team especially if there hasn't been changes but if there has then you can just bear it in mind and think about it they were actually 21st in pace of play so kind of middle of the pack not really too fast not really too slow um 26th in dvoa so again that's just sort of defensive value over um, average so it's like a, an advanced statistic that looks at like how efficient were they what value did they add as an offense i think that leads us to why they got rid of um adam gaze and stuff like that you know 26 pretty bottom of the barrel dvoa probably in the negatives um getsy i'm glad you talked about getsy i was actually going to bring that up is to, to me that's a really massive pro for justin fields that not a lot of people are talking about no i don't really hear anybody on the on the twitter streets anyway talking much about um getsy coming over like you mentioned not a huge loss for ar12 because you know he is who he is at this stage in his career you know he may only have a couple years left he knows what he's doing but he really liked him obviously worked really well with him thought really highly of him so for them to prioritize bringing somebody like that over to be the offensive coordinator that really encourages me because that was one of the biggest problems with matt Nagy's offense was just it was just a shambles it was all over the place the right hand didn't know what the left hand was doing he kept literally couldn't decide if he wanted to start you know 
who we wanted to start, even Justin Fields or, you know, uh, Big D Nick, you know, at stages, like it just didn't know what was going on there too for a couple of games as well. Yeah, exactly. It was all over the place, you know. So I think that that is a massive boon. And to be fair, they didn't bring in a lot of the wide receivers and all that stuff that we wanted, but they did make an attempt and an effort to bolster the offensive line, which was a massive issue last year as well. So that leads itself to um, positive regression, I should say, because they were so bad. It's almost like the only way to go is up. And I do personally believe sometimes people can make excuses and go too far this way. But I honestly do think that, um, you know, Nagy was one of the worst coaches in in the National Football League that we've seen in a long time. So I do put a lot of that at his feet. So I do expect positive things, even from the roster that they do have. Now we look at Ibrafu's first time head coach, more of a defensive minded head coach. So again, I like the fact that they went and brought in Getsy, somebody who's offensive minded, who knows how to work with somebody like, you know, a quarterback like Justin Fields. Um, Ibrafu's from Indy, they had 31st pace of play. So that scares me a little bit. They're they're right there with Green Bay and like, let's just pound the rock. Let's slow things down. They let's take our Carson time. Wentz, though, so I'll give him a break there. Yeah, exactly. Maybe for two very different reasons. They had slow pace of play. Um, and 27th in targets to wide receivers. So they didn't target the wide receivers heavily. But again, if you look at Indianapolis, they were in a similar position to Chicago. They had one kind of budding superstar, budding, uh, you know, good receiver and not a lot else going on in that wide receiver room. Similar situation that they have here in Chicago. So first things first, first question of the day, how confident are you scale one to 10 on Chicago's offensive pieces going into the 2022 season? This is a bit strange because I'm very confident in certain aspects um, so the players that we're going to one player specifically and probably the player who's your by as well i'm probably at like a nine but then the other pieces i'm completely out on like there's like in this yeah. offense and i'll spoil it now there's there's justin fields there's darnell mooney and there's cole Komet, and outside of that i have pretty much zero interest in anybody else that's involved with this team <laughs> Yeah, no, I've, I've put it at a six. So, and the reason I did that is sort of exactly what you're saying. There's two or three pieces that I'm really excited about and I'm really like kind of all in on, but then there's a lot of unknowns. I don't know about the head coach. I like the offensive coordinator, but again, we haven't seen it happen here. Um, I like the idea of bolstering the offensive line, but we need to see that in play. I don't have any faith whatsoever in any of the other receiving options outside of Mooney really, and maybe commit. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. And I guess then we'll talk about what are our thoughts on what's the big buy. So yeah, what, what's your biggest buy for the Chicago bears? If you're looking to acquire somebody before the season begins, where are you starting out? Where's your shopping list start? Uh, Justin Fields is the, the top of that shopping list. He's double underlined and there's a circle around his name as well, just to, <laughs> to make sure. Uh, Justin Fields, like we, we touched on all the bad stuff that happened with the Bears last year. The one good thing was that they drafted Justin Fields uh, in terms of like, now we ta- you touched on Matt Nagy, how bad the offense was. I just think like Justin Fields is going to be a, a next level superstar. Like I, as a Packers fan, I was concerned when they drafted Justin Fields because I think he's going to be that good. He, he turned 23 in March, so extremely young. He's heading into his second season. I think, you know, I talk a lot about wide receivers making second year leaps, quarterbacks as well going into that second season. That's often when they make that jump. He's the quarterback 14 in terms of uh, ADP for the quarterback position, but the rushing ability, I think, is what's going to really, I don't know if surprise people, but I don't think it's been talked about enough for this year. I think he's going to not be Russell Wilson, but be much more in that Russell Wilson, you know, scramble around, make moves and trying to, you know, make plays out of the scheme. Whereas I think last year, the problem was they were saying, 
he doesn't play to the timing of the scheme rather than saying this guy is going to be awesome let us adapt to him you touched on like the Rams OC coming over to the Vikings and how even like Matt LaFleur came over to the Packers I think the best that these offenses do and when they're like well this is what we do well and this is what I do well and we blend those together and I think what Matt Nagy was trying to do last year was this is my offense Justin Fields can you not just do my offense please um and I'm really excited about Fields heading into the season the other part of that is is I think a lot of it is going to be done through rushing for him both rushing touchdowns and rushing on the ground and I also think that that limits some of the upside of the pass catchers but I am interested in uh in, in your name here as well. I absolutely love your your take here. I honestly almost put him down. The only thing that put me off putting him down is just because I thought he was actually a little bit lower. I thought people were kind of drafting him in like the 17, 18 range because I've heard a lot of like negative buzz about him from some people. Um, you know, but QB 14 is just outside the top 12, but I'm still 100% on board with you. I agree. I've had an interesting stat here you probably are aware of, but I was going to touch on um, in only 12 games started, which I don't even know if it was really 12 games, might have been like 11, but in theory on paper, it says 12 games started. He actually had the fifth most rushing attempts and the fourth most rushing yards of any quarterback last year. So in only 12 games and 12 awful games for a lot of it. And because like you said, it wasn't even, it was him just trying to make things happen in an offense that was not geared towards his abilities. He still had the fourth most rushing um, yards of any quarterback. That's even quarterbacks that played 15, 16, 17 games. So I think the sky is the limit for him. A hundred percent. I agree with you. If you can get, I mean, in this startup that I've just been mentioning here, he's my QB two. So I'm super happy. I've got Justin Herbert and Justin Fields, Justin's house. Here we go. Um, but yeah, so my big buy is Darnell Mooney and it sort of goes in with a lot of what we were talking about him being the only verified option in the receiving game, but he's still going at wide receiver 32. So I feel like it's a really reasonable price to get him. Like you're getting him as like a wide receiver three. Um, I feel like he's a lock for 130 plus targets this year. I think he's actually a really good receiver. I don't think he's just a guy. Um, I talked about him a couple episodes ago, so go back and listen to that. I think I talked about him in my breakout candidate for 2022 you know he's a guy that if you actually look at some of the underlying advanced metrics you know um separation and and target share and all this he's actually top 12 in a lot of those categories that you would be really excited about so again if we see even a minor boost in efficiency from fields efficiency from the offense we're going to see a big boost in darnell mooney's production he still finished as a reasonable i believe it was like 20 uh wide receiver 27 or something like that so you're basically getting him at his floor now and he's only this is only going into his third year so he's got a lot of growth still in him i think he's an absolute stud and i think he's an absolute buy if you can get him at wide receiver 32 sort of prices on the other side of this i think he's somebody who's going in that range based on there's a bit of a stink off the team in terms of the you know how things went last year Uh, look at him heading into this season so you have down that he's a lock for 130 plus targets he did finish last year with 140 and true his uh, opening two seasons in the NFL is 140 receptions and eight touchdowns, but he has 1,686 yards. So, you know, he's really on that trajectory where he is obviously not, you know, Justin Jefferson, who we talked about and, you know, how he's done. and But he is on that trajectory of 600 yards through, uh, played 16, but only he only started nine games as a rookie. So a lot less snaps there, but he's on that, you know, if he jumps that to 1,200 yards this year, like you're into a really nice spot with him so i think he is interesting i think having justin fields and he's going to ascend like if fields has the season that i'm hoping he has this year i mentioned a lot of it will be on the ground but 
Darnell Mooney will be the wide receiver one on this this roster or on this roster as well. And you know, even when we talk about skill sets, Justin Fields throws a really nice deep ball, and Darnell Mooney is a speedster. He gets great separation. He runs great routes. So, man, that could be a match made in heaven. There could be some serious big plays happening there for that offense. So, yeah, I'm 100. I think that there's going to be a big jump in his value. You know, this time next year, because like you said, I think there's just such a stink on the Bears in general. People are just not excited by what happened last year. And that's the kind of stuff that you just have to hold your nose and take advantage of the overreactions when you play Dynasty, um, because that's how you get edges. Um, Interestingly enough, so our buy, our saying goodbye to our roster is the same, one and the same. Yet again, we have agreed on David Montgomery running back, who I believe a lot of people really like still, but... Talk to me. What's your reasons? What's your takeaway here? You know, David Montgomery, somebody who, when you go in and look, I've I talked about all the like, other running backs being you know old. David Montgomery is only twenty five, but he has been the most for me kind of blah blah. You know, he's there. He's a running back, running back of the last like two or three years. He's been the running back one on this roster. Again, we could say that the offense hasn't been great, so maybe that's part of it, but. Yeah, he's just like the profile is not somebody who I'm looking to get on my rosters at all. I, it's more of a feeling of indifference. Uh, you know, I'm just uh, I'm skipping over it, but he is going as a running back 19. And when we're looking at like again where his career is going, it feels like it's already on the downhill slope rather than that, that uphill rise. Yeah. Hundred percent. I mean, I think you nailed it. He's just very. I think the it was the fantasy footballers that jokingly were like calling him David Mopportunity when he came into the league because he was in such a great position. He was like the bell cow dude. He should get so much work. He should be awesome. And he's just other than that one weird year where he kind of had a really easy run in on his strength of schedule and played a bunch of cupcakes and got a really good finish. Other than that, he's been pretty meh most of the time. Um, and yeah, I hundred percent agree. I mean, RB nineteen again. We go back to last episode. We were talking about Aaron Jones's value the rb 20 or 21 you know so if i'm again if i'm this is the reason why i'm talking about people like aaron jones is because if i'm in that situation where i'm sitting there i'm a contender and i can just flip my david montgomery for aaron jones straight up or i can get a little bit of something on top maybe if people are hyped about you know the bears this year with with justin fields taking a second year leap then i'm all aboard that because i don't think personally that david montgomery's ceiling is nearly as high as aaron jones or someone like that so we agree 100 now here we do slightly disagree but it's just about a stash so and there's really i find some of these teams like you're like man there's not a lot to choose from here like in terms of a stash so talk to us about your sneaky stash and i'll say straight up i do really like this so listen closely call him who you got for us yeah it feels like we might just be kind of playing the opposite side of david montgomery here so mine's is khalil herbert he was 24 in april um heading into his second season he's rb 51 at the moment so like if we're looking at him versus montgomery i'm fully expecting montgomery to get more work but you know we touch on new offensive coordinators new head coaches there isn't that you know david montgomery has to be the guy in this they're going to play whoever they think is the best running back and if montgomery starts off slow there's a chance here for khalil herbert to come in and take over he had 103 uh, attempts last year just had the two touchdowns but had 14 receptions as well so what i'm looking for is running backs who can have standalone value um, and then if the opportunity arises that they could take full workload in this offense and i feel like heading into the season khalil herbert will have standalone value on this roster so that's why i think that he is a sneaky stash and based on my thoughts on david montgomery uh, i'd be willing to take a, a shot on the younger slightly younger i guess we'll say than david montgomery but uh, i think just the, the profile stands out for me as a, a better option particularly than when you're getting a 
discount of 32 spots in terms of positional ADP. Yeah, no, I agree. And honestly, the only reason I didn't put him down was just because it wasn't this coaching staff that had drafted him, you know, because I actually really liked Khalil Herbert coming out and I liked what he did last year. So I agree with you 100% and you could 100% be right. So don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not having a, a shot at your take here. I'm just saying I kind of went the other side. I went Tristan Ebner or Darrington Evans because this is this coaching staff has gone out and kind of grabbed these guys. Yes, they've not invested anything major in them. They've not put anything but again if we think of um you know the last couple of years there has been value in the pass catching running back role even in chicago even as putrid as the offense has been you know there has been value there darrington evans was brought in to be that sort of a guy for the titans he just had a lot of injury issues and so unfortunately never worked out for him but what i like about Tristan ebner who they got really late in the draft this year or darrington evans is they're basically free like you can just pretty much pick them up off the waiver wire nobody's really drafting them or excited about them and again because it's an ambiguous backfield and the new coaching staff we don't know who they're going to rely on we don't know how the workflow is going to be split up we've even seen naeem hines have a borderline rb1 season you know when there was a lot of passing game work going him even though he got hardly any rushing work so those would be sort of my sort of two guys do you have a bold prediction for the chicago bears anything you feel spicy enough to throw out yeah i'm gonna go with uh, justin fields and i think justin fields is i'll go as high as top five quarterback this year in fantasy scoring um i was thinking about going higher but i think that's what i'll go with. i think you know we look at jalen hurts last year and what he did and you know as an actual quarterback, maybe not the best season, but as a fantasy quarterback, just games of gold that he was giving us. There's a lot of talk, obviously, this year about Trey Lance and, you know, could he come in and start rushing, how things would work out there. But I think I think Justin Fields is just going to take a massive step forward here. If we look back, um, using some of the tools on rotaviz.com over his season last year, so he had 12 active games, but from uh, the last five games, four of those were... QB1 in terms of scoring. So he had a 27.1 game, 22.1. He did have a game against Baltimore. We won't talk about that, which was terrible. And then he finishes with 22.6 and 21.8. So he's like in a real strong, but that also goes to the fact of the rushing upside that he had. So that's 33% of his games last year as a QB1. So if we look at like how bad it was and how things should pick up, um, and they only played half the snaps in that game against Baltimore as well. So we'll give him a little bit of a break there. But I think uh, Fields is the player that everyone's sleeping on here at the moment as the, the quarterback. Man, you are absolutely like my my tongue is scorched. It is so spicy. Like I love it because I was actually like, it's funny because I was going to say my bold take was my bold prediction. So I was going to be that Justin Fields is a top 10 fantasy quarterback this year. And I felt comfortable saying that and then you blew me out of the water you won up to me here and you had to say he's a top five so now i uh i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to flip the script because we can't just have the same you know bold prediction here i'm gonna say that um darnell mooney is a top 18 wide receiver um i feel like that's pretty bold i think he was like wide receiver 27 last year so that's a pretty good jump into the top 20 i feel like he's gonna you know he's just gonna I really do think he's going to have a big year. He's a very good receiver. I think people are sleeping on him. So I'm going to, I'm going to be bold and say he's a top 18 wide receiver um, in points per game this year. There you have it, folks. The Chicago Bears, one team left, the Detroit Lions, who you would think we'd be very sad and disappointed to talk about. But spoiler alert, we're actually both really excited about the Detroit Lions. 
weird as that may sound. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Let me know what you think of the takes. And if you have any takes of your own about the Chicago Bears or any of these NFC North teams, while you're at it, if you don't mind, make sure and subscribe to the podcast and drop a quick rating and review. It takes about 45 seconds. It really, really helps the show. I appreciate it. And yeah, it would just be awesome. So shout out to anyone who has taken the time to do that. Thank you very much. It really is appreciated. Guys, join us again tomorrow. We are going to talk Detroit Lions. And honestly, Colm's hot take is going to blow your mind. I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver and it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said and listen to me. What you really want to do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a Dynasty debate.